It's time now for Money Matters with the Lewis family, Doug, Linda, and Deborah, owners of Lewis Financial Management, a Raleigh-based family-owned financial planning firm providing investment and financial planning advice since 1983. Doug and Deborah are certified financial planners, CFPs, who can answer any of your questions about investments, retirement planning, and estate planning. Why not call Doug, Linda, and Deborah right now at 919-860-9783 with your financial planning questions. That's 919-860-9783. Now, here's Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Investments offered through SFA Inc. Investment advice through Lewis Financial Management. SFA Inc. and Lewis Financial Management are not related entities. And we are the Lewis family, ready to answer your questions tonight. This is Linda Lewis, and thank you for joining us on Money Matters on News Radio 680 WPTF. And I'm Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. And I'm Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. And we're here to answer your questions for the next hour. How do you get started with Lewis Financial Management? Linda, how about you take that question? As far as financial planning, if you would like to get started with Lewis Financial Management, it all begins with a call to our office in Midtown Raleigh at 919-872-7000. So if you've got a pencil near you, write down that number also, because that's the way you get to meet with us face-to-face. That number again is? 919-USA-7000. So basically, what we do is we gather information over the phone, and then we send you a packet uh, so that we will have everything that we need for the first meeting with us. Right, Debs? That's right. And with these, uh, with this information, what we do in our office is we produce reports that we will use in your initial financial advisory consultation. And at that meeting, we identify the questions that you want to get answered, and we will give you advice on how to accomplish each of your goals. And each person's situation is going to be different, Doug and Linda, as we all know. So listeners that um, will be longtime uh, listeners who will call us and want more information, they all fit into a certain category, but each and every one of them ranges in different ages and stages of life. And some want to start their first investment. Others may have accumulated over a million dollars, but each one has questions about their own situation. So call us during the week. That number is 919-872-7000. I'm really happy when clients come in for that first meeting. Uh, That first meeting, when they come in, so often they tell me, this is really what I've been looking for. This is what I've been looking for. I've gone to see other radio people after I listen to their uh, phone number and I go and meet with them. And what I get is a sales pitch. But what you're giving me, Doug, is you're giving me answers to my questions. You're giving me advice. Now you're not trying to sell me something. I am so happy that I I finally found a place that I can go in and I can bring questions and get answers and not have someone try and give me a sales pitch. So how do you get started with Lewis Financial Management? You pick up the phone, you write down, you you pick up, let's start over again. You write down your phone, our phone number, 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. You also go to our website, which is dougandlinda.com. And then you call the office and make an appointment to see either me or Deborah, And that's how you get started. 
Yeah, it's um, it's where most people say that they uh, they heard about us was listening to the radio show, and um, and we appreciate that. So that's why we enjoy coming in on Sunday nights. And when you make an appointment to see us, it's really to make an appointment to get started, right? Or maybe to get a second uh, opinion. When you have a plan and a planner to work with you, you'll know. That you'll accomplish these goals and you'll get to your own personal f- finish line. You'll finally be on the way to financial independence with confidence. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF. Go ahead, get started. Give us a call during the week at Lewis Financial Management. Make an appointment to sit down face to face and discuss your, your situation. The number at our office during the week is 919-872-7000. That's Lewis Financial Management, 919-872-7000. Steve, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can I help you? How you doing? Yeah. Um, I uh, have just come into some money from an, an inheritance, and because of that, uh, well, I really don't have a clue as to what to do with it. So, uh, I mean, I want to invest it. I don't want to go blow it on something. And uh, I was figuring... Well, I heard a little bit about annuities. I was wondering if you could tell me some pros and cons of well, trying to set it. Maybe you could invest in commodity futures, you know, or pork bellies. Well, I don't want to do anything <laughs> speculative. I, I want to do something that's uh, secure. Uh, you know, I don't want to take many chances here. I, I know, right. You want something that's going to be guaranteed that it's going to double in the next year, right? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> How much are we talking Steve, about, Steve? Steve? Let's get some facts in front of us. How old are you? 39. 39 years old, married or single? Married. Married. Any children? Three. Three kids. Wife working? Yeah, she just started the job. All right. Uh, how much is your income? How much is her income? Uh, mine's 68. Hers is 58. 68 and 58. Three children at home. All right. Uh, what's the size of the inheritance? It's about 64000 64000 What do you presently have in your investment portfolio right now? Um, like savings. I, All right, I, let's take them in pieces. What do we have in savings and cash and money market and CDs? About 5000 5000 What do we have in mutual funds? Um, not much. Uh, virtually nothing. All right. Uh, we recently any... moved here and pretty much put the whole thing into the house. So uh... Okay, so no personal investments, it sounds like. And not at this moment, right. How, how about retirement plans? Yeah. Um, what do we have in retirement plans? Right now, about to close to 100000 It's in the 401k. Uh, what, of course, discourages me is, uh, you know, that you have nothing in personal investments, and that now you have your one-time shot to go ahead and start a personal investment portfolio, right? Pretty much. Well, we're going to set it up to get $1,000 a month into, into savings. So Good for you. We're going to try it. That will be building soon. As I said, she just started the job, so before that, we were... You know, just living on the one income and not much else. Yeah, well, that's really good because, and by the way, get a copy of a book called Wealthy Barber. Wealthy Barber. If you miss it, uh, call my office and Linda will get you, get a copy to you. The phone number at the office is 919-872-7000. Now, uh, because that will really grow, that'll mean more to you in the next 20 years of your working years than the 64000 but the 64000 that in itself is a significant uh, one-time hit that you do have the ability to do. Are you familiar with the term asset allocation? Yes. You should approach this from the viewpoint of an asset allocation model. Right. 
The asset allocation model for your age is pretty easy for me to deal with. Your risk tolerance, you need to meet with a certified financial planner and get a comfort level established between you and the planner in terms of uh, what risk you're able to take. I would structure your asset allocation model using the uniform unit size methodology. And that would be where you determine the unit size that's suitable. Uh, if we're adding at the rate of a thousand a month into one of the pieces, then I would say you could probably go ahead and use maybe $10,000 units. That would give you six of them. Maybe $15,000 units that might give you four of them. Then you might have one growth fund. You might have one growth and income fund. You might have one large cap international fund, possibly a balanced fund. Again, depending on your risk tolerance. And if we had four, then that's where, you know, uh, $15,000 units, then that, that would fit. But I would say that with a growth fund, possibly two growth in incomes or two growth funds, uh, an international large cap, if you wanted to be more aggressive with one piece, you could have a small cap fund, possibly a sector fund, but sector funds require, again, a little more, uh, a little more knowledge of the risk you're taking. Thank you much. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for calling, Steve. And if we can be of further assistance, give us a call. That number is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Thank you much. Take care. Well, very interesting call. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's funny. We uh, I guess we're accidentally brilliant tonight because uh, we couldn't have better calls that have met some of the topics that were discussed this week. Well, what's new in the world of financial planning? I think a lot of people want to know, well, what are the best ways for you to build wealth in today's economy? Well, that is a question. Building the wealth you need to meet life's challenges requires imagination, focus, discipline, and time. The process is more complex than ever before because the economy has become very volatile. The task can look daunting, but your odds of success are better if you follow some steps. Yeah, now I would say the first step is to develop a plan. (laughs) (laughs) What are the results you want to achieve? Then work backwards so that you have a plan with the ultimate goal firmly in focus. Make sure that your goals are realistic, attainable, and that you've identified the potential challenges and consequences and risks. So once you've developed a plan... The next thing you need to do is execute your plan. Create, you're, creating a plan is one thing. You need, now you need to execute it. Your investments should be customized to your needs. So don't compare your portfolio to those of your friends. Wanting what other people have will never get you what you ultimately need. But doing what others have done will. So we've got two ways so far to build wealth in today's economy. First of all, of course, develop a plan. Second, execute your plan. And third, pay yourself first. If you have the opportunity, of course, to participate in a workplace savings plan like a 401k, then do so. Then pay yourself first from the surplus. Get that in place by setting aside on a regular basis to a retirement plan and outside of the retirement plan in a personal non-retirement plan portfolio. Then you have a plan in place and you're paying yourself first and then you let all your other expenses follow from there. By contributing to a pay yourself first investment plan, you get used to not having the money and not spending it. It then gives your mutual funds and other investments the opportunity to reap the benefits of compound interest. 
contributing to a workplace savings plan and a non-retirement investment plan allows you the benefits of dollar cost averaging. That means you're making regular contributions to your plan, regardless of what may be going on in the financial markets and reducing your exposure to market volatility. So then the fourth thing we can do to accumulate wealth in this type of environment is don't be too conservative. Invest in a properly diversified portfolio that accounts for your retirement plan and your non-retirement plan investments. Investing in a properly diversified portfolio portfolio will help you strive for higher returns while also limiting some of the risks of markets. That way, when market drawdowns occur, you can possibly take advantage of rebalancing your portfolio. Probably the most important thing is to get professional advice. That's right. Don't do it alone. A certified financial planner professional can help you clarify your goals and identify any gaps in your financial life. He or she will help you construct your personalized, comprehensive plan that takes into account your cash flow, your assets, your savings and insurance needs, while keeping in mind your goals for retirement, your estate, and the legacy you hope to pass on. Expert help can involve costs, but good advice more than pays for itself. So call us at Lewis Financial Management during the week at 919-872-7000. So Doug, what would be some of the last things that you would say are important to developing wealth in this type of environment? Well, I would say you need to revisit your plan. Life is not static. Neither is your financial plan. Your needs and your goals may change over time. There will be inevitable bumps in the road and unexpected developments and detours. At times, you'll need to reevaluate your whole financial strategy and make adjustments But most important is to remember, just remember, you know, wealth is much more than your net worth. It's about family security, meaning and purpose. It's about living life on your terms. The economy may be volatile, just like the ocean. Your plan will help you navigate safely, allow for course corrections along the way. The challenges apparent in the global economy may very well end up being opportunities to actually build your wealth. Julie, how can I help you this Hi, evening? Doug. How are you? How are you, Julie? I'm fine. Um, I am a, a financial novice. I have no idea, really, about investments and that sort of thing. I do have a 401k plan through work, and mm-hmm. I do have some stop o- stock options through work that I've just recently begun purchasing. Um, you purchasing options? Well, maybe I'm not saying the right thing, but I'm buying stock through work. Oh, you're in a stock purchase plan. Oh, okay. 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 An option is the right to buy stock, but you're actually buying the stock probably at a discount. Probably so. We have a small home that we would like to eventually turn over and and buy a better home. And also, we've got two young boys that within the next 10 years will be going to college. And I'd like to to do something about building up our financial base so that we can do some of the things that we want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what we need is somebody to sit down with with some no-nonsense ideas that that can maybe set us straight. Mm -hmm. Um, Does your company offer that sort of advice or? Yeah, that's what we do for a living. As a matter of fact, that's uh, we're we're financial planners and we sit down and we take a look at your income Mm -hmm. and we look at your assets. That means everything you own. And we look at your liabilities. That's everything you owe. What else do we do, Linda? Uh, We look at the tax returns, Mm -hmm. federal and state, the most current ones that you have. Right. And then the last thing is uh, your living expenses. That's the most important one. 
And then we lo- and then we try and figure out what are your goals. Mm-hmm. For example, you mentioned education, two boys. Right. That's the college education plan. Right. And we got to find out. How, by the way, how old are the kids? Um, they're eight and ten. You have an eight and a ten, so you have basically eight years on one and ten years on the other. Right. And then we also have to go ahead and look at your retirement. We look at uh, find what we call financial independence, and in both of those cases. We target a future dollar figure. In other words, we have to find out how much will you need to pay for the college education. And then we back into the next step of how much you need to set aside on a regular monthly basis now to make sure that you have enough to reach that point then. Mm-hmm. Same thing with retirement. And then sometimes we'll take a look at the expenses and find out if, in other words, if you don't have enough to reach those goals, and we have to find out where you need to cut back because it's a matter of just making your decisions how to get to the right place that you want to get to. Right. Doug, isn't an emergency fund an important thing at the beginning? Before we do the asset allocation model, we have to establish an emergency fund. So if your question, uh, Julie, is what does a financial planner and a financial planning firm do, then that's exactly what they do. They identify your needs and your goals. They analyze. It's a six-step process, actually, Uh but they analyze where you're at now, what you have, how much it will take to get where you want to go, and will you make it, and then makes recommendations how to go ahead and get there, what to do, and so forth. And that process is usually a non-sales, it should be a non-sales process. It should be a process which is designed towards the advice. I see. Julie, I can send you a packet of information if you'd like to call the office uh, during the week, and our number is 8727000, here in Raleigh. And I'll, I'll be happy to send you a sort of an introductory packet that gives you some information that I think you would find very helpful and interesting to read mm-hmm. as far as establishing some goals and, and getting some direction. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Thank you for calling, Julie. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Well, Doug, Linda, more and more we're getting calls from women. And I'm thinking of a couple who came to um, be financial planning clients this year. And the the whole relationship began because she said on the very first phone call, you know what? I'm ready to retire. I'm ready to see if we're ready to retire. I'm ready to see if we can afford to retire. I'm ready. And he may or may not come to the meeting. (laughs) And he may or may not be ready to retire. And he may or may not be ready to know. But I'm ready. So let's get this show on the road. And there's a lot of that out there. You know, one couple saying, one partner saying to the other person in the couple saying, okay, it's time. Let's get to know, you know, what's going on. But um, a lot of this is coming from women. And so I found an article from Kiplinger that I thought was real uh, good reading. And it was saying that there are some real smart retirement strategies for women. So I thought I'd bring these to our attention to our listeners tonight. I think it's, it's, it's very apropos, uh, Deborah, because women and men have the same opportunities for saving, for investing, for borrowing, the same investments. They're subject to the same rules, and yet their circumstances and their choices can be very different. This divide is particularly striking when it comes to preparing for their retirement. Because women um, have longer life expectancies, they will probably have to provide for, for themselves in retirement longer than men. And yet women often earn less than men and participate in the work, workforce more sporadically. As a result, they tend to accumulate less in retirement savings. And women, particularly unmarried women, are less likely than men to say 
that they are very confident about having enough money to live comfortably in retirement. Yeah, but that doesn't mean women are destined to struggle financially in their later years. We need to identify strategies that they can implement now to improve their prospects for secure retirement. So the first one, start saving as soon as possible. Right. Small amounts put aside when you're young grow into gobs of cash when you're older. Take the example of two people who saved $3,000 a year in an individual retirement account between the ages of 20 and 30 and then stopped. And another who began saving at age 30 and faithfully contributed 3000 each year until retirement at age 66. Assuming an 8% annual return, the worker who started saving earlier would accumulate about 700000 compared with the 500000 for the worker who started later. Yeah, sign up for your employer's 401k. That's an easy way to start saving right away or whatever workplace plan that you've got. Uh, aim to kick in at least enough to qualify for any match that the employer makes. So that's the first tip for women. Start saving ASAP. Another thing that you can do is open an espousal IRA. Even if you're a stay-at-home parent with no outside income, you can have your own retirement savings plan. So that lets the two of you double down on your savings as a couple, but it also gives you control over money of your own. So should anything happen to your spouse? Yeah, and I guess number three is don't fear the stock market. Studies show that women sometimes invest too conservatively, which can be counterproductive. By shying away from stocks, which have the highest investment return over time, you risk not building a big enough nest egg for retirement. To feel more comfortable about the stock market, the best way to spread the risk is by putting your money in a broad-based growth and income mutual fund. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Call to make an appointment with Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner of Lewis Financial Management. Call 919-872-7000 or visit our website, DougAndLinda.com. Also, make sure you benefit from your spouse's retirement accounts. Your spouse's IRAs, and 401k accounts should list you as the beneficiary, the primary beneficiary, not your mother-in-law, not your spouse's ex-wife, not the children from a previous marriage, but you. Remember, beneficiaries on retirement documents and life insurance policies always take precedence over individuals who are named in a will. So yeah, there are a few things you can do. The most important and the one that will contribute greatest to your financial success is start saving now. You know, a lot of times clients ask us, well, how many uh, uh, how many women do you have as women clients of your client base? And I would say probably just about a third of our clients are either single women, divorcees, or widows. Write down your questions. Make it your decision to work with a certified financial planner. And get your family finances in order. It would be good, you know, revisit of your financial statement. Make it a point to work with a planner that can help you sort things out and set up some goals. And as Deborah said, uh, you know, review your uh, beneficiaries on your forms in your IRA. Make sure you review and update all of your accounts because you never know when your last day might be. Well, that was that was uh, definitely a, 
a great article. And I hope that some of our women listeners uh, out there uh, will consider some of the points that we covered. And if you need advice, call me during the week. 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. Jeff, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can we help you this evening? Hey, good evening, guys. I just want to let you know I love the show. listen to it every weekend on WPPF. Appreciate it, Jeff. Well, thank you. Hey, well, I got a quick question, and I've I've written notes a lot over the time. I have not... um, taken the step yet to meet with a certified financial planner. However, I have gotten your package in the mail. I'm just uh, being a little bit lazy about following through, but I wanted to ask you something. So for somebody who is not like a a multimillionaire currently, but let's say your average middle-class person, help me understand the the frequency and the amount of time that is spent on the initial visits versus subsequent visits. Is it once a year? Is it twice a year? How often are CFP and the client potentially meeting, assuming it's not a sophisticated client? Well, we uh, about four or five weeks ago, we started talking about something called EGODIM, E-G-O-D-I-M. I don't know if you were listening to that that show. Anyway, EGODIM is an acronym for Establish the Relationship, Gather the Information, Analyze the Information, develop a financial plan, implement the financial plan, and monitor on a regular basis. So we start with this E. The E is the crucial factor because it's established the relationship. And during that initial meeting, you need to, if you're meeting with us, for example, uh, we will, of course, have sent you, and you probably already got it, you, you got a form ADV from us, which, which showed you uh, the types of relationships that we offer. Well, during that initial meeting, we want you to be comfortable that you know what is the relationship you want to hire us for. So we have that laid out, the different options, and then at the end of that meeting, you've told us what is the relationship you want and how much attention you want and how often. Now, sometimes clients will go ahead and ask for advice. They'll say, what do you think is advisable? In that, when I'm asked that question, I always defer it until the last part of the meeting because I don't know that much about the client yet. We establish the relationship. What does he want? Does he want someone to go ahead and write a financial plan and go on fee-based financial planning, flat fee, or does he want to pay just by advice by the hour? Once And he wants to address certain issues one at a time. Once we've gotten comfortable, he and I about the relationship that he wants to hire us for, then I have to find out more during that initial meeting. I have to find out who he is. I have to find out his personality. I've got to find out, is he uh, a laid-back, easygoing person, or is what uh, someone might call a worry wart? And there's nothing wrong with worry warts, and there may be a lot wrong with laid-back people. But the point is, we want the comfort level of the client to be tied to the frequency of the meetings. If the relationship is one that is paid for by the hour, then I would say at a at a uh, a max. Well, let me see. It should be either quarterly, or semi annual, or annual. If you need help, call me, Deborah Lewis, nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand. Here's what I would say. The how long and how often, uh, Jeff, kind of goes like this. Are 
or how often is going to be based on how complicated your situation is. So if you are, um, let's say, just a young college graduate and just getting started and want to buy some hourly advice on how to build some good financial habits, you might come in maybe twice a year because you're literally just getting started. The more complicated your, your situation becomes, the more usually the client initiates either a, a three-month or four-month review. I think the thing, you know, I think probably one of the things that's been holding me back personally is that, you know, I mean, married, two kids, standard middle class, upper middle class, what have you, um, just looking to save, uh, maximize my retirement savings and also trying to put some money, get ahead of uh, the curve with my college education for my kids. But I think the thing that's been giving me some concern is that I'm afraid that it's going to come in come into something where it's going to be more expensive than I thought on an annual basis. Well, let me put you at rest and say this. You buy the hours that you want us to give you advice on. So you're in control from the get-go. And I think that's crucial because in the E of Egadim, establishing the relationship, the comfort the, 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 the comfort of that the client knows what is the relationship that he, what's he expecting from the planner and what's the planner expecting from the client. So uh, it can never be more money than the client wants to spend. The client tells us how much he wants. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. But I will tell you this. If you are married with two children, are, you bo- are both you and your wife working? No, no, single income. I'm the only one. Okay, well, that is a crucial need for financial planning because... Uh, you have three people depending on you. So when you say it, I'm just, it's a simple scenario, well, what would be more complicated? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you are the person who, in general, tends to say, you know what, we better keep a tab on all these things because i got all these different areas of my life and the ball's up in the air, and if something falls, I'm the one provider, and we've got two children, and we need to go. So in your situation, I would say begin and then define it with us once you start working with us. Understood. Well, listen, I appreciate you taking the time to answer my question on that. And You're welcome, uh, Jeff. Maybe feel a lot better about good, this. Good, oh, good. Yeah. yeah, I hope we have a chance to meet with you because, uh, number one, you're a longtime listener. Number two, you've already looked at our form ADV. If you haven't gone through it again and when you got it recently, go back through it again because we list there every service we provide. And basically, the time is established by you. And, uh, Looking forward to meeting with you, Jeff. I appreciate your call. And one last thing I would say, Jeff, is that um, one evening while the children are asleep, when you finally get them down and you and your wife are maybe having a, uh, a cup of tea or a soda, just start writing down the questions that you have and that your wife has. And then when you um, come in, we can certainly address them. Okay. Good deal. Thank you so much, Linda. I appreciate that. All right. Have a wonderful week, and thanks for calling. You know, I like Jeff's question because it may be something that's in the back of a lot of people's heads, and I like Linda's last answer because that's very important. We will not meet with a client until we have sent them a Form ADV, which is the reform required of the Securities and Exchange Commission defining all of our fees, our services, and what we offer. After we've sent them that, we still won't meet with them until we have received from them enough information to where we can have a, re- a, a, a good meeting with them. Very productive. A very productive meeting. But even more importantly is what Linda said. When they come into the office, every client for the last 25 or 30 years has come in with a written, a, 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 a written list of questions. Correct. Every question that you want answered will get answered. And we will answer every question you bring us 
no matter what question it is in your financial world. And not only will we answer every question at that first meeting, we will send you a written set of notes of that meeting and written answers to each question that you got. So you will definitely feel you got your money's worth. And where we go from there is according to the relationship that you've wanted to establish with us at the first meeting. If you want to accumulate enough to be financially independent, call me, Deborah Lewis, at 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. Well, Doug, Linda, there's a big concern about cognitive decline, and I bet there are a lot of people out there who don't even know what cognitive decline is. Yes, it's definitely a boomer issue that families aren't discussing but must discuss. Yeah, Lynn, so what is cognitive decline, just for our listeners, so we can get into this article? Well, as as boomers enter retirement, their their health, their life expectancy, and their lifestyles are taking center stage. And cognitive decline, what is that? Well, loss of memory. All right. Um... Lack of, you know, um, maybe you're you're starting to get confused. Right. Maybe you uh, get lost while driving. Maybe even uh, types of Alzheimer's, senility. All of these changes, they're, they're called cognitive decline. And it is definitely an issue that needs to be addressed in financial planning. Because there is a greater and greater chance that cognitive decline is going to hit in families, whether it be uh, at one year or another, the chances are very high. Alzheimer's is one of the most recognized issues, but still cognitive decline goes well beyond this. The average 65-year-old is going to live into his or her mid-80s, which is 25 percent, and 25% of those people are going to live past 90, and 10% are going to surpass 95 And estimates are indicating that nearly 15% of Americans who are over age 70 will suffer some form of dementia. That number increases to 37% of those who are 90 or older. So it's definitely not an area to be avoided. So someone we know or someone we will know is going to be affected by this. Right. Um, So how should families approach this? Well, Planning is particularly important for families with complex finances. Some families have fixed sources of income and limited assets and have little at risk. But there are other families that have accumulated assets that require more individualized management and more complex medical and estate planning considerations. You know, I'm thinking of a client of ours who uh, they've been clients, uh, the couple, for many, many years, and they are financially independent. So it's not a matter of not having enough money. But now, lo and behold, uh, the the mother. Oh, um, oh. So the last call that we, the client that we were talking to on Friday. That's right. Deborah. Yeah. So the mother of the client of one of them, the mother is now facing Cognitive decline, a type of early Alzheimer's. She's losing her memory. And so... So much so that the the client is now having to contemplate, well, where does she live? Exactly. So, of course, they've spoken to us about it. And they've told us that the best decision is to bring mom into their home and live with them. 
But now this brings brings up a lot of other issues. First of all, isn't that going to impede their their own life? So we have to deal with extra space in the house. Right. Then we have to deal with, well, what about, I mean, our, our clients are retired. Well, what about day-to-day? Uh, t- right. We still we, we need a place for mom, but we also need a place for mom's caregivers. We've got to have a care, caregiver. And this is a cost factor. And then comes the question, well, mom, of course, gets a Social Security check. That will help because we can take care. We can take control of that check to help take care of mom's needs, but that's not enough. So what about uh, the siblings? Should they pitch in? Yeah, or and, and then what about mom's house? And what? should it be sold? And this brings up all these questions. So there's, there's definitely a checklist of items that need to be addressed, that's right? A, that's exactly right, Deb, uh, Linda. If you hear something tonight that sounds like your situation... Call us. Set up an appointment. We can help you. 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. Because you're talking about space factors. You're talking about um, uh, care, caregivers. And and then, you know, you um, one of the recommendations is that it's important to have a caregiver to help with your parent that may be facing Alzheimer's or dementia because if you're the child, you still want to have the relationship as their daughter or as their son. Right. And still maintain that relationship without, you know, doing everything. So understanding the realities of aging can help families better prepare, especially when financial and personal legacies are at stake. Also, the future can be better managed by those willing to share information and responsibilities with trusted family members and advisors. Those who prepare for cognitive decline should consider three steps. And the first step, of course, is communication within the family and the financial planner. That's right. The idea of sharing information is greeted differently from family to family as dynamics among parents and siblings can create long-term financial and emotional complications. Some families limit transparency to bill payments and basic budgets, while others are fully transparent about their finances. Yeah, parents who keep information under lock and key are bound to create uncomfortable situations for their children. We have had this happen many a time in our practice over the last 34 years. The important documents, however, are very uh, crucial to be focused on. In an ideal world, financial goals, personal preferences, estate plans are all prepared and shared with family members and advisors long before cognitive decline impairs the decision making. And this is one of the benefits of having a financial plan written for you, which is what we do at Lewis Financial Management. Of course, you can call us. We would love to be able to be involved in your family financial planning. Our number in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Visit our website at DougAndLinda.com. Living wills and medical directives can provide guidance as to how to handle certain medical situations. A durable power of attorney for health care appoints a person to make well-being decisions and can be structured to become effective only upon incapacitation. Power of attorney for property can provide continuity of decision-making for business and or personal affairs. 
The transition process within the family calls for formal documentation and introductions to advisors. And this is really where we fit in. Meeting in person with trustees, advisors, accountants, and attorneys will ensure a seamless transition when a new decision maker is tasked with managing the estate. And that new decision maker is frequently going to be a child, if not two of the children, uh, two of those adult children. And Doug, Linda, many of our clients include their adult children in the process for this reason. You know, they want us to know those children before anything happens so that they can work with us on their parents' behalf. So that is definitely the first of the three things to consider is to, to focus on to get the communication happening within the family and the financial planner. Now, the second thing that is crucial in this matter of cognitive decline, dementia, Alzheimer's coming into a family, the second issue is what, Lynn? Planning with confidence and foresight. Um, advisors like us at Lewis Financial Management who act as fiduciary partners will put a family's finances in the context of the big picture. And before the landscape changes and urgency is required, financial and estate plans should receive stress tests based on the potential long-term impact and the cost of home health care, nursing homes, or other potential expenses. And those plans should be reviewed at least every few years to ensure the new developments are that are being taken into consideration. And when financial, investment, estate, and medical plans and partnerships are in place prior to any apparent cognitive de- uh, decline, Transitions become more fluid and less combative. That's exactly wouldn't you, right. Wouldn't you agree? I, 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 we've seen it both ways, Linda. We have seen clients, family situations where they become very combative and those that have been very fluid and non-combative, depending on how much family planning has been done ahead of time. You so. know, I, I remember um, one situation, and because, you know, when spouses are married, for such a long time, there is so much love and dedication and even, you know, the care. It just goes beyond saying love is there in all the things that are being done. But at a certain age, sometimes folks need to move into an assisted living situation because the debt is detrimental to the health of, say, the husband taking care of the wife who has dementia or or memory loss or, or whatever. And um, it's so important to have those support systems in place. And that way they can enjoy these years together before, you know, it, as you said, you see more decline. And the third thing on our little uh, three things to do would be to create a checklist, a comprehensive checklist of financial and legal items That's one of the most crucial tools for the family. The checklist should include emergency uh, contact info, health insurance information, health care powers of attorney, uh, durable powers of attorney, a list of documents, legal documents, including birth certificates, insurance coverage. All of these are what we make sure is, uh, is in place when we're doing financial planning for a client. And as generations mature, their personal financial visitor, visions are going to evolve dramatically. 
You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewises on News Radio 680 WPTF. If you want to call us during the week to set up an appointment for yourself, give me a call at 919-872-7000 and we will get started. We'll make a list of the questions that are on your mind. What else is new in insurance and estate planning? Yeah, in the world of estate planning, I guess no one really wants to think about the possibility of their spouse passing away, but neglecting to prepare for that possibility makes life all the more difficult if it happens. I think uh, I would bring that up because we are very much involved in estate planning as well as investment planning and tax planning at Lewis Financial Management. Right now, 43% of the people interviewed say they're not financially prepared if they lost their spouse. So taking some basic steps right now can provide security for your family, whatever the future brings. And there are some things you can do to prepare. That's right. One of the first things you can do is determine how much life insurance you and your family need. The To estimate the right amount, add up your long-term financial obligations, such as your mortgage and other debts. Then compute what your living expenses are. Divide those by 4% and subtract your investments, the balance is your insurance need. So that's the first thing you can do is determine how much insurance you and your family need. Secondly, understand the details of your spouse's life insurance policy. Even if you tend to leave financial management to your husband or to your wife, you should still know the basics about his or her life insurance coverage. Women are less likely than men to know the terms of their spouse's policy. But here's what you should know. You should know the company that holds the policy, why it was purchased, how much coverage it provides, how much it costs, when the term expires, assuming it's a a term life insurance policy, and review the life insurance coverage annually and double check that the beneficiaries are still correct. So we have two things that you can do. A third thing, of course, is make sure you've written a will. A will is a legal document in which you designate who gets your belongings and your assets after you die. You also name an executor to manage your estate. You can name a guardian for your children. If you don't have a will, your estate is settled according to your North Carolina inheritance laws. And it's a good idea to consult with a financial planning firm like Lewis Financial Management, who works with estate planning attorneys. We can help you with other critical estate planning tasks, such as setting up trusts, completing financial and healthcare powers of attorney, and then how these all coordinate with your financial planning matters. Yeah, these are all good. Another estate planning tip, keep all your financial records in a secure place where you and your spouse can find them. Keep all these financial documents and your emergency contacts in a safe place and make sure that you both know where it is. If you have a question and would like to ask it either after hours or have me call you back after the show, feel free to call the office, 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. Sitting across the desk from a client who recently lost a spouse is hard enough. But when they are dealing with so many emotions and logistical issues, tracking down policy numbers is the last thing that we want to be doing. Yeah. Another good tip is talk to your spouse about final wishes. Some people have very specific wishes. I've had people tell me what suit they wanted to be buried in and put that in the estate plan documents. 
The problem is families don't usually look at estate documents until after the funeral. Written instructions are especially important for blended families. Conflicts can arise between children from different marriages if there's uncertainty about what a parent wanted. Ask your spouse to write down final wishes and know where the instructions are kept. Talking about the end of life may not be fun, but it should be a top personal finance priority. The time you spend preparing for a financial a family financial emergency now can save your loved ones from additional heartbreak if something does happen. One of the best gifts you can give your family is this sense of security. And of course, the most important thing you can do as far as a tip and planning ahead is hire a financial planner. Hire a certified financial planner like us at Lewis Financial Management to help you evaluate if you're prepared because preparation is the key. It is. It is. And we've got all kinds of situations in our client base and our listener base and so forth. But you've got to always have the feeling and the comfort that you are prepared. One of the things that people are asking more and more about is how to be prepared for aging parents. And a lot of adults are finding that their aging parents are in need of health care assistance. Well, luckily, there are many options available to help your parents grow old gracefully, either in their own home or in a facility. And there are several ways you can even finance the cost of care. Of course, one way is assisted living. That's right. Assisted living is when your parents are healthy seniors who can look after themselves and they're able to, they're generally able, eligible to enter a continuing care retirement community that allows them to buy or rent an apartment and ensures them lifetime nursing care when it's necessary. Another option for healthy seniors is private long-term care insurance, which can help cover nursing home costs or the cost of an in-home aid. Another consideration is living with family. Many families opt for moving an aging parent into their own home, and it frees you from worry about the upkeep of a second home. So for parents, you know, for some of our listeners, maybe your parents um, have been diagnosed to have dementia or maybe more serious health issues. An adult daycare may also be an option and a good way to get your parent to socialize with other adults. Some, of course, want to continue living alone. Maintaining your parent in his own or her own home is an option. However, several fairly expensive things that may be required to make a home environment safe and suitable for an aging person. If your parent needs personal assistance, and wants to be living alone, you may want to look into hiring an in-home aid at a skill level that's appropriate for the amount of help needed. And then there's a nursing home. If sending your parent to a nursing home is inevitable, make sure you research each home extensively. Reservations at the home selected should be made at least a year ahead of time when you expect that your parent will need it. The waiting lists are typically long for the most well-respected facilities. Keep in mind, too, that the government offers only limited financial help for those families paying for nursing home care. So, you know, it is important if if you have a parent and you're knowing that you you need to make plans, you don't want to wait for the last minute. There are many um, continuing... Uh, continuing care uh, facilities and communities here in the Triangle. And if you're listening and you're facing this kind of situation, we understand. I know it can be difficult. 
and call us at Lewis Financial Management. You know, I was trained to be a speech therapist, but I've had to deal with these matters both in my personal life and in with professionally with many of our, our clients. So if you have a question, write them down. Call us at Lewis Financial Management. We love our listeners. And remember, your money matters because your financial future is at stake. You've been listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, you can call Doug, Linda, or Deborah in Raleigh at 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. Or go to DougAndLinda.com. And listen again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for more Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis on 